0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, last week, we noticed in the scriptures that not everyone recognized the risen Christ. In fact, those who were closest to the Lord before his death did not know who he was when they first encountered him. And it was not until they were given faith that they began to recognize him. And so in many ways, one way or the other, It becomes a theme throughout all the Gospels that seeing Jesus with your physical eyes does not mean you recognize him. Recognizing Christ comes through the gift of faith. Even to stand in the presence of Jesus does not mean that you understand the gift of who he is for the world. This is also to say that we don't have to see Jesus in the physical sense to know him and to believe in him. In fact, in our gospel, Jesus says to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. All of us now, of course, are required to know Jesus by faith and not by sight. And so I think when we read scripture, we can see that the world is kind of divided into two. It's divided into those who know Jesus for who he is, and they know him by faith, and those who do not. Now that's not a popular message in many churches anymore because we moderns tend to be uncomfortable with making such a hard dichotomy. right? We like to be a little softer, a little more gray. We don't want the world to be so black and white. We want to be a little more tolerant. We tend to think a softer approach is more compassionate. It's a more loving approach. So we tend to think along the lines of, While so-and-so is a good person, a kind person, a generous person, they would never hurt anyone, so they must be good in God's eyes. But scripture doesn't really divide people like that. And so the Bible seems to suggest that there are those people who receive Christ and know him by faith and those who do not. And so for instance, in our reading from Revelation chapter 1 this morning, we see that among people there really is no neutral ground. Instead, the death, resurrection, and the Lordship of Christ are considered from two perspectives in our reading. First, how the faithful see the risen Christ, and then secondly, the anguish of those in society who failed to receive Christ by faith. And so when we look at the latter in Revelation 1:7, it says, look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail there's a consistent theme throughout the new testament everyone everyone will see christ some people by faith will know him and walk with him in this lifetime others however will not see him until the last day when he comes again to judge the living and the dead but all will come to know christ in one way or another those who have not received the risen christ by faith Revelation says, are going to see Christ and wail. They're going to see him in anguish. John writes that even those who pierced him are going to see him and wail. Now, literally, there was only one soldier who pierced Christ upon the cross. And so we understand this figuratively. And so we understand that this comes to mean a kind of careless indifference to Jesus that's typified in the act of piercing. In other words, we as sinners, when we as sinners reject God's grace, when we make ourselves to be our own saviors, when we try to find saviors in this world that are not Christ, we are piercing him. And this is a basic theme throughout the whole book of Revelation. The fact that Christ is Lord and is now reigning as Lord, as the risen Lord over all of creation does not sound like good news to unrepentant sinners. In fact, Revelation portrays it as terrifying news to sinners. And it can be terrifying because it challenges the sinner who believes that he's really the Lord of his own life. And that by his own power, he has some control in this world. In the Roman Empire, the early Christians would have no doubt heard this as a criticism of Caesar. If Christ is Lord, if Christ is reigning over all, if Christ is risen from the dead, then it means that Caesar is not the true Lord. If Christ is the true Son of God, then Caesar is not. Caesar might think he is the most powerful and influential voice in the empire, but he's not. And that, of course, extends all the way down to any politician or any leader who believes that they are in some way in control. And that's a convicting law for such leaders, because if they're using their power to do harm to God's people and God's creation, then seeing the risen Christ ought to be terrifying to them. In that moment, when they do see that Christ really is Lord of all, it will be obvious that they never really had the power that they thought they did. You might remember from the news in about 2003 when Saddam Hussein was captured and arrested. I don't know if you remember the images, but he was found kind of disheveled, he was hidden in a hole in the ground, and at that moment he seemed so weak and so pathetic. The man who had spent decades intimidating others, terrifying opposition, had now been reduced to very, very little, and in that moment it was evident that he no longer had any real power in this world, and that's the kind of moment that Revelation 1 points us to. There is coming a day when the risen Christ will be visible to everyone, and everyone will be brought to justice. But that was good news to the Christians who first read Revelation. These were people who were harassed and persecuted for their faith. John himself, writing this book, was writing in exile. Early Christians had no idea if they and their families would be arrested from one day to the next. And so the promise that the risen Christ was going to reveal himself to everyone, even those who failed to see him by faith, was good news. It meant that they would be vindicated, and the true powers of this world, the powers of goodness and peace and grace, were going to prevail. And so the risen Lord himself cast judgment on those who do not serve him. When unrepentant sinners put themselves above Christ, They stand in his judgment. They stand in his judgment because the risen Christ is not good news to them. They don't want Christ to be Lord over all. They want to live life their own way. They want to be the Lord of themselves, the Lord over others. If Christ is Lord, that means they're not. They only see their submission to Christ the King as a threat to their own sinful flesh that they so dearly hold on to. And so they're unable to say "With Thomas, my Lord and my God. They're unable to say this to Christ because they want so badly to be their own Lord and their own God. Seeing the risen Christ then becomes a reason to weep and not rejoice for them. But scripture tells us that there are those now who see the risen Christ by faith and who now submit to him and who now walk with him. In fact, Revelation tells us that when these people who have faith see the risen Christ with their eyes, they're going to rejoice. These are the ones who upon seeing Christ like St. Peter or Thomas or Mary Magdalene, will weep with joy and hold on to him and worship him because for them, there is no greater news in the world that Christ, than Christ is risen. And so first we want to be careful when we make this kind of contrast between those who have faith and those who do not. And so first, to be sure, I'm not saying that those who have faith and who know the risen Christ have all the answers. I'm not saying that for those who have faith, all mysteries are solved. I'm not saying there are never questions. But faith is receiving the mystery and trusting that Christ is, in fact, good news for us. It does not make us superior intellectually or morally. It simply means a willingness to acknowledge that we are sinners and we are mortals who cannot save ourselves. And it means trusting that God through Christ wants to save us. This is exactly the faith that Thomas comes to upon seeing Christ. He cannot explain how Jesus is there in front of him. There's no intellectual argument that persuaded him. No, in that moment, he knew that his Lord stood before them once he saw him, and he trusted that Christ was there for his good, and this was good news. This faith was a gift to Thomas. He didn't come to it on his own. He came to it because Christ came to him. And so with our faith, we don't come to it because we're better than those who don't believe. We don't come to it because we're smarter, we're intellectually superior, or we're Wiser, morally better. We come to this faith of knowing Christ because the Holy Spirit has changed our hearts. The risen Christ then is good news for those who believe it. For those who have been given faith by the Holy Spirit, they want to hear this news of the risen Christ. The good news of the risen Christ is made apparent in Revelation 1:5 when the will give three titles to Christ. They call him the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. In other words, they're confessing that there's no person, no power in this world greater than Christ. His death, his resurrection, his ascension have proven this for all believers. And because Jesus is these three things, John tells us that there are three things Christ does for those who receive him by faith. Christ loves us, Christ frees us from our sins by his blood, and Christ makes us a kingdom of priests. In other words, Christ wants good for us. He wants our hearts free to serve him, and he wants to give us identities to be connected to God now and forever. That's remarkable, because all the forces and all the powers that work against God in this world want to do the exact opposite. They want us to be slaves. They want us to have false identities that are distant from God. They want us to believe lies. But that is not who Christ is for us. Rather, Christ is the king who has assured for our freedom, for our life, that he is for us. We know Jesus. We know the risen Lord only when we know the one who has died to purchase us we will begin to know Jesus when our hearts learn to trust in that very message. In the message, as the Catechism puts it, that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity, has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, has purchased and won me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood. From our reading and revelation this morning, we see that the resurrection of Christ may or may not be good news to those who hear it. But the important question is, is the resurrection good news to you? Do you want Christ to be Lord of all? Do you want Jesus to free you from sin? Do you want Jesus to give you a new identity in his kingdom? If so, then the gospel tells us that by faith, by trusting in him, you will know him. And when you trust that Christ has been raised for you and for your benefit, then blessed are you, for you have come to believe, although you have not seen. Amen.